Evgeny Malkin was on fire. Brian Rust was on fire. Matt Murray was on fire. But the Penguins' key moments last night were provided by Brent Burns and Martin Jones of San Jose. Big turnovers. Gino converts both. Pens win 5-2. I love watching the Penguins try and score to empty that goal. It's like watching a little kid chase a marble around the bathtub. Double M on the X. 412-333. WXDX is the number to call. Or you can follow me on Twitter, at MarkMaddenX. Ole Mata of the Penguins joins me at 3.30. Uh, the daily number last night was 666. I heard that Nick Perry, Iron Maiden, and Mephistopheles all hit big. Let's start the day with a little controversy. Juju Smith-Schuster posed for a picture with a fan, and the fan was wearing a Tom Brady number 12 Patriots jersey. In that picture, Juju's flipping the guy off where the guy can't see it. Is that funny? Or is that a dink move? 412-333-WXDX. Juju tweeted it, so you know he thinks it's funny. I will give my opinion at 4 p.m. But Tom Brady wouldn't do that to a fan wearing a Juju Smith-Schuster jersey because he's a pro and professionalism wins. I got a poll up on Twitter, too, regarding Juju with that picture and tweet, so vote on Twitter. Call now. Listen at 4 p.m. But right now, let's stay with the Pens who finished January with a record of 9-3. and three. The Pens are now second in the Metro and just four points behind Washington who visit on Friday. That's the Penguins' next game. But Washington, New Jersey, and Philadelphia all have three games in hand on the Penguins, and Columbus and the New York Rangers both have two games in hand. So the standings right now do deceive. But if the Penguins keep playing like they are, they got no problem. They got the forecheck going. They got balance among the lines. And what an impact Brian Rust has had since returning from injury. Not just the two goals last night, but the forecheck. Given the fourth line, what the fourth line hasn't had all year. But that miss on the empty net goal by Rust was comical. Wide open, not far out. Sid passes up an easy shot at goal number 400 on his career to give it to Rusty, and he dings the crossbar. Why are you shooting high on an empty net? Uh, that was some situation when San Jose pulled the goalie. Gino and Rust both looking for hat tricks. Uh, Sid looking for career goal number 400, uh, like I said. I'm surprised anybody passed, but uh, Gino ultimately did get the empty net goal and the hat trick. Brian Russ played terrific all night long. Gino is really bringing it. Wow. He had 12 goals in December. And on that line with Hornquist and Haglin, I thought uh, th those were bad wings for Gino. 
But playing with Hornquist and Haglin, Gino is looking to score. He's the big goal scorer on that line. He knows it, and he's playing like it, creating his own shot, a real nose for the net. Crosby and Malkin have 37 points over the Penguins' last 10 games. But if you're going to put Sid, Gino, and Phil on separate lines, and that's definitely what Mike Sullivan wants to do, if you're going to put Sid, Gino, and Phil on separate lines, you need a better center for Phil. He can't play five-on-five with Riley Shane. Uh, Shane's doing okay. He's just not a guy who can make enough plays for Phil Kessel. Phil needs better. So you got to make a trade for a third-line center, and that third-line center needs to be better than Mark Letestu or Matt Cullen. Uh, Phil's having a great year. He's got 21 goals and 38 assists. He's just five points off the league lead in points. Phil Kessel could win the scoring title, and that's what I'm rooting for. But Phil has nine goals and 24 apples on the power play. He's got 12 goals and 14 assists at even strength, and a lot of those points came three on three. Phil leads the NHL in points in overtime. You need a bit more from Phil five on five, especially in the playoffs. And Phil, he's playing great, but he needs help to produce more five-on-five. He needs a better center than Riley Shan. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. I'm getting all kinds of hate tweets. Leave Juju alone. He's a kid. He's just having fun. You, You do understand that I predicted weeks ago he'd go from lovable to punk in record time. And you do understand that this is just one step on the way to being a really pretentious jackass. Not there yet, but certainly he's going, well, not in the right direction, but certainly in that direction. Back to the Pens. Matt Murray had a delightful game. He stopped 40 shots. He made a couple of big saves at big moments. And overall, just seemed really comfortable. The Sharks put a lot of traffic in front. Murray battled through it with no problem. Uh, Matt's a good guy, and that was his first game since his dad passed, and it was terrific to see him uh, do so well. The Pens always have some local kid hockey player in full gear stand with the team during the National Anthem, and last night it was a goalie, and he stood next to Matt. Uh, Matt tapped him on the pads and smiled and Uh, there was a little symbolism there. So well done to Matt Murray, and he's going to kick it into gear now. Same with Chris Letang. Tanger's going to get back to peak form real soon. You watch. He's not far off now. Uh, Vegas won again last night, 4-2 over Calgary. It just doesn't stop. And what I've been told, Vegas is still going to trade some of their pending free agents. Not all of them. They were going to get rid of like five or six guys between now and the deadline. I heard they're going to keep half and deal half. It'll be interesting to see what they do with James Neal, who would bring a lot in return. But, boy, if you traded him with your team in first place in the conference, traded him for prospects or draft picks, what a bad look that would be to a novice group of hockey fans. If I'm Vegas, I do what they did with Marchessault 
and I sign James Neal now long-term. But what if you can't? What if Nealer wants to go to free agency? Tough situation for George McPhee, uh, the GM with the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, in football, the Chiefs are going to trade Alex Smith to Washington, which means Washington is going to let Kirk Cousins walk, but the Steelers still have been, and thank God, because I wouldn't want to debate that. Actually, I take that back. I wouldn't want to debate that. That would be fun. Uh, Smith just had a career season at quarterback for Kansas City, but I guess the Chiefs want to start the Mahomes era, and that's why they drafted the kid in the first round last year, to use him. I'm curious to see if the Cleveland Browns do what Joe Thomas wants and sign Cousins and then use the first and fourth picks overall on Barkley and a defensive player. Because if they take a quarterback number one and have to break him in over the next two, three years, I bet Thomas retires and joins the announced team with Monday Night Football. They're going to do a sequel to that Passion of the Christ movie. How do you do a sequel to that? He's crucified. He's dead. He's resurrected. End of story. He's not a superhero. Your storyline is very limited. It's probably going to be Christ versus Superman, or maybe Christ is going to join the Avengers. So, we got a lot to talk about, like always, because it's a long three hours. I don't know who the Penguins will get to be their third-line center. I just know he has to be better than Mark Letestu or Matt Cullen if he's going to skate on a line with Phil Kessel. And I don't know who that guy is. The ideal guy would be Derek Brassard if Ottawa has a fire sale. But you'd have to give up a ton to get that guy. A ton. Maybe they wind up trading Riley Shane for Matt Cullen and then get a different center uh, to play on the third line. Some of the stuff I heard last night makes me think, they're really sold on the notion of getting back Matt Cullen. Tell you what has me fired up. The Donnie Iris birthday show at Greensburg on Saturday. I'll be there. Wow, that's going to be great. Donnie is the heart and soul of Pittsburgh rock and roll. He's going to turn 75. 75! And he can still rock. Just amazing. I love Donnie Iris. He really is still, to this day, King Cool. We got Oli Mata at the bottom of the hour. Yesterday, talking about Yager's diminished legacy because he played for nine teams in the NHL. I really didn't get to ranking him among, you know, where he stands among the NHL's top five, top 10, top 15. I, I kind of danced around that, but I'll get to an exact number. Okay, maybe not exact, just around the corner here on 1059 The X. Now, the super genius, Mark Madden. How you doing today, honey? Really good, sweetheart. Borderline violent, very noisy. Absolutely beautiful. The X at 105.9. Yesterday, I said that Yarmar Yager, playing for nine different NHL teams, and one in Russia, nine in the NHL, one in Russia, the KHL, that that being a journeyman on his resume dilutes his legacy. Yager doesn't really have a jersey. I wrote about it today uh, at TribLive.com, a column. We didn't really bother to talk yesterday about where Yager ranks all time in hockey, excluding goalies. I think goalies just need to be a separate discussion. So my top five are Mario or 
Gretzky, Crosby, and Rocket Richard. Gordie Howe is number six. Bobby Hull is number seven. Doug Harvey's number eight. So you can start talking about Yager at about that point. And I can definitely say Yager is in my top 15 of all time. But it's so subjective. For example, Kevin Allen of USA Today, whose opinion and work I respect immensely. Kevin has Gordie Howe at number one. And I got him at number six. I could see Howe as high as number four. But ahead of or Gretzky or Mario, I just don't remotely buy that. We've got Oli Mata joining me at the bottom of the hour right now. Let's talk to Jim in Washington. Jim, you're on with Double M. Jim Smith, he yeah. ought to give, uh, get a picture of James Harrison and give him the finger. What say you? Yeah, I don't think that James would want that. Uh, what, what's your point exactly? No, if he's going to give somebody a finger, like, a, a, like you said, a guy wearing a, just wearing a Tom Brady shirt, why don't he do it to somebody that, like, you know... Well, like, right, as, you, as most Neanderthals do, you want to break this down to, like, a physical altercation, correct? I just thought it would be funny to see that instead no, of... No, no, I, I don't think it would be funny. I think, in fact, you're a stupid idiot. Uh, this is about having class with the fan of the game. This is some schmuck wearing a Tom Brady jersey... And Juju gives him the finger where he can't see it. Not that he should, like, you know, shove it in his face so at least the guy knows, but it's just a bad look. Even supporters of Juju Smith Schuster, the guys who say, he's a kid having fun, let him have fun, leave him alone, even they say it's a bad look. Let's go to Kevin in the car. Kevin, you're on the Mark Madden show. Hey, afternoon, Super G. Good afternoon. Hey, I agree with you. We need a third-line center. I've heard Ottawa, and I've heard, um, you know, Max Pacioretty, who's probably out of our price range. I would be um, shocked if they get Max Pacioretty, and he's not really a center anyway. He's more of a wing, and, uh, boy, like you said, out of Pittsburgh's price range. Okay, so when these teams start falling out of the playoff races, do you see other ones that, that will fit with us? I, I don't know. I don't know what any team would consider to be out of the playoff race. Uh Ottawa, boy, it's amazing to think that Ottawa was one goal away from the Stanley Cup final last year, and this year they're just misery dipped in excrement. But uh, what about the, the guy I'd like to get is Derek Brassard. What about but that? I, I think I think it could cost too much return. You know, it's just if, if Ottawa has a fire sale, though, that's the guy to investigate. Uh, people talk about Latestu and Cullen. Neither would be good enough to play on the line with Kessel. People talk about Pajot from Ottawa. It'd be better, but him on the line with Kessel, I don't know. Broussard's the guy I want, but I don't even know if he's available. Let's go to Mike and Moon. Mike, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, what's up, Mark? Hi, Mike. Whenever Seattle possibly gets... Okay, goodbye, Mike. I can tell you're stupid. I hear your, your little friends chattering in the background. What you need to do is do your homework and get ready for 8th grade tomorrow. Because it's going to be a long day when you're a stupid idiot. Let's go to Gary in the car. Gary, you're on the Mark Madden Show. I saw on the TV uh, yesterday uh, for the balance game, they threw up some information about uh, the hat tricks and uh, history. And there was Jogger Stevens. This is excruciating. Goodbye. 
You know, for a couple days, we've had a decent run of calls. Today is taking that concept and kicking me in the scrotum again and again and again. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. So we'll turn to the lifeblood of the show, which is just me uh, talking. Uh, This just in from Nashville. Mike Fisher is coming out of a very brief retirement to again play for the Nashville Predators. Uh, I guess Carrie Underwood got tired of him sitting around the house. Uh, Welcome back, Mike Fisher, but you're still not going to win. Oh, but what about all the parties around the rink and the bars? Nashville deserves a winner. No, uh, Nashville deserves exactly what Pittsburgh gave Nashville last year, which is bupkis. Uh, They are treating this comeback by Mike Fisher like we did when Mario came back back in 2000. They've gone totally overboard uh, bigging it up, but all you got is a 37-year-old fourth-line center, period, end O story. It's not quite like the Lemieux comeback, but what if Benino is now the fourth-line center? I bet he'd be real happy about that. He'd be a real highly paid fourth-line center, but think about it. Johansson and Turris are the first and second-line centers. They really like Mike Fisher. He's the captain. He's the Nashville guy. What if Bones winds up being the fourth-line center? And does that make him available in a trade? But they could never afford to take Benino's contract unless Nashville would pick a lot of it up, and I do mean a lot of it up. Uh, You know what a big key is right now to the Penguins? Haven't had such a good month. Guys like Shane, Haglin, and Simon, Simone, sorry, Simone, they don't suck right now. And that fourth line has picked it up. And that is all the people need to know. I would play Reeves, but that fourth line has done better without Reeves. Which, by the way, no offense, General Manager Jim Rutherford, but it makes that trade look like a pile of crap when that guy ain't playing. You didn't give up as much as people think. I I mean, you you dropped, what, 20 points in the draft, and Oscar Sundquist hasn't done anything in St. Louis. But it makes that trade, especially at a glance, look really bad. Uh, I and Cole, a big game last night. I don't know how you don't play Cole when Hunwick's healthy. Cole was great again last night. One apple, plus one, 18 minutes, two blocks. Ian Cole has been very good, but not as good. As my guest coming up next from the Penguins, it's number three, defenseman Oli Mata, 105.9 X. This is Connor Sherry of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on 105.9 The X. Joining me now, having an excellent season with the Penguins and finally 100% healthy, it looks like, from Finland, Villa Park, and last year's Stanley Cup parade, he is defenseman Oli Mata. Oli, what do you think damaged you more physically, the two shoulder surgeries or 
Last year's Stanley Cup parade. <laughs> uh, I think we go pretty equal. I, I don't know. <laughs> okay, we won't make you answer that one. Hey, to get, ser- yeah. to, to get serious, to get serious, Oli, back in, in 2014-15, you had two surgeries, mumps, and thyroid cancer. Is this the first year you've consistently felt 100% physically? Do you think it took that long? Um, you know, I think I think the biggest thing is just having a full summer, healthy summer. That's that's a huge thing. Um, even though it was a short one, but still, it, it, it felt good. You could you get your workouts and have your routine, and, and uh, that's felt really good going into the season this time. Now, in what ways do you think you're playing better this year? How has your play improved? Well, I think it's just uh, overall play. You know, it's just all, all around. I, I really think. Just uh, feel good out there. Just uh, jumping in offensively. I mean, pucks got some lucky bounces too, which which is nice to see. But uh, it's most of my game. I just like to keep it pretty simple and play play solid defensively. And uh, and uh, if you get a chance, join the rush and all that. Now it seems like you're skating really well. Uh, is that something you worked on over the summer, or, or like you said, just the part of having a a summer to get in prime physical shape? Yeah, I think that too, but I think it's been a it's been a process uh since I got into the league just uh that that's one thing I definitely found myself I got to get better at if I want to be a elite player in this league and it's still uh it's nice to see you taking some steps forward and uh but there's still still things you can work on that and you can always get better. Well, let's stay with that because the NHL has really become a speed league and you're fast only but maybe not a, a burner. How do you deal with that? Is it about positioning, angles, gap control? Uh, how, how do you deal with with it being such a speed league? Yeah, it's all, it's all that. It's all, all like you said. Um, and it's about reading the game. Uh, I know you you can be the fastest skater out there, but you also you have to think the game well. And I think that what the best players do, you watch said especially like how he can he knows where everybody he's going to read the game well and, and play he can skate in such a high speed and make those plays plays from such a high speed and uh that's that's what he got to do uh you got to be in the right position you uh you can't really be hesitant out there it's it's you you hesitate for half a second and that's going to that's going to cost you it's 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 a fast game nowadays well that's a real good point uh this year, only it seems like you're just not hesitating at all, and a lot of that's confidence, isn't it? It is. It's a huge, huge thing. Uh, most of the game, you play inside your head, and if you if you feel confident, you can make those plays, and you can you can read the game well. You're not like like we talked about. I know I'm beating myself, but if you, if you're hesitant, it just it just makes game so much harder for you. How hard is it for you sometimes to get confidence? Because a lot of the time. I feel like I think you're playing better than you think you are. Um, you know, I, I think it's a snowball effect. I, I think going into all the games, you just want to start it pretty simple, have a good first shift, and uh, build it that way. That's, it's a it's a huge thing when you when you go out there and you have a first shift. You keep it simple. You make a couple of couple of easy plays, simple plays, and then you build it up. It's kind of snowballs, and that's the game starts feeling feeling easier and slower to you. Now you guys have a close team, and Matt Murray just went through a lot uh, losing his father. What was it like to see Matt return last night uh, and really play well and pick up a win? 
well, awesome. I'm, uh, all the guys are happy to see him back, and uh, you know, it's 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 not an easy thing. I I don't think we can, at least I can't can imagine what he went through and he's going through. But we're just happy to have him back, and it just seems like he, he's a, he's the old man, and he's he's always always smiling in the in the locker room. But when he hops out there, he's he's all business. He's just he's just on it. Now that said, uh, the Smith and Jari. Uh, did pretty well in Murray's absence, didn't they? Oh yes, they did. Uh, now the Penguins went nine and three in January, uh, best month of the season. Uh, not only the record, but I think the way you guys looked, Ollie. What was um, wrong with the team before that? Maybe wrong's not the right word, but where did you guys struggle before January, and what's going right right now? Well, I think, I think lately we've been just playing better i know uh we we started playing better we probably weren't getting results but it just felt like we were playing the game right way and we knew if we kept going that way and just fixing little things we're gonna we're gonna get the results and uh, i think that california trip was was huge i know we we lost two games there but we we played way better uh, it just it, the game just started feeling easier and easier when everybody was everybody was chipping in and uh you know, after that, we're we've been we've been got, getting the results too. And even yesterday, I know I know the second period it was it was pretty ugly. Like we were San Jose got the momentum, but after that, like we really like we didn't give in an inch. We came back to the period, and it just it just felt like felt like what it used to be. We're talking to Penguins defenseman Oli Mata here on the home of the Penguins, one hundred five nine the X. Uh, some defensemen like to keep the same partner, but you've switched up a lot, Oli. That doesn't really bother you, does it? You seem pretty able to play with just about anybody. Yeah, I, I think the big thing is just we've been together for so long with the 6D man we we have. We we know each other pretty well, so it, it doesn't really matter who you're out there with. It's it's you're on the same page, and I think the biggest thing is when you get out there, just talk a lot, just communicate with your with your partner and. Let them know where you are, uh, uh, where where do you want the puck, and all that. So that that's going to make it easier. But like you said, it doesn't really matter matter who you who you partner with. Uh, like I know I know I'm, I can trust my partner, whoever it is. Now you started out with eight points in eight games this year, and have kind of tailed off production wise. You, you still you know moved the puck well and gotten your chances. Uh, is that just how things are for most defensemen, or have you always been kind of streaky when it comes to points? Um, I don't know. I'm trying to trying to think back, but I can't can't remember remember how that went. But definitely, I felt like I've last couple of games for a break. I've had some chances, just haven't haven't been able to put it in. Um, I think I think that's a huge thing when you uh, as a D man, you don't get too many of those chances. When you get when you get a good chance, you just want to make sure you capitalize. So I think that's something definitely got to get better at. Well, with defensemen too. I mean, you're primarily shooting from the point. Unless you're jumping into play, and I think at that, you know, from shooting from there, luck has something to do with it. I mean, look this year, how long Brent Burns went without scoring. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's a huge thing, and uh, I th- I think just our forwards—they're doing such a good job just going in front of net and battling for a position and trying to trying to tip the pucks. So all you got to do as defenseman is just trying to get it through, and that's a it's a huge thing trying to hit the net and uh, get it through the blockers teams. Teams nowadays block shots really well. They're 
they're really emphasizing that. So I, I think it's a, it's a huge skill to have if you can get it through and uh, hit the net. Now, you played for Finland in the Olympics in 2014 and won a bronze medal, played very well in those Olympics. Now the Olympics are almost here, and, and, and obviously no NHL players. How do you feel about that? It's it's disappointing. Um, obviously, I love to be out there. Um, I had a, such a great experience last Olympics we had. It's one of the better better ones I've had, and it, it's it's always when I when I was growing up, like that was probably the number one thing. Number one thing I, I remember watching all the Olympics and thinking about if one day I could play be playing there when I watched Alani, Newman, and all those guys, all those guys, it's, uh, and it's disappointing we're not there, but there's not a lot we can do about it. Now, you're still a young guy, and there is talk they could, you know, resolve this and get the NHL back involved in, in 2022. That's obviously something you're hoping for, correct? Yeah, absolutely. That'd be, that'd be awesome. Now, you've won two Stanley Cups. You know how hard it is. What's it going to take to win a third straight? It hasn't been done in in decades, and I think you guys have the team to do it. But it's been so long since it happened. Hey, I'm an old guy. I barely remember. Yeah, um, it, it's not easy. It, it's not easy. You gotta first of all, you gotta stay healthy, and uh, I think just get hot in the right moment. I think we're we're uh, trending the right right direction right now. But league is so tough and so competitive. Um, it just feels like every year there's there's at least eight teams that you could, you could name that are really contending for it and, and uh, has a chance for it. So it's it's a little bit, little bit of a luck too, but I think it's just hard work. It's every day, every day you come to a rank, just trying to get better. And uh, every game you game you play, there's no easy games in this league anymore. And it's it's uh, feels like it doesn't matter who you're playing as if you don't don't bring your A game, you just can't you just can't win. Now we've talked about how well the Penguins have played uh, recently, uh, the nine and three record in January. Can you guys just flip a switch when you have to? Does your experience and talent allow that? Because I don't know the reality, but it looked like when you guys kind of got in trouble, you said, "Okay, now it's time to win," and you started winning. Um. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know what? I it might it might look that way, but I think we kept. Building a little, little by little, back to the, back to the good habits and playing the game the right way. And uh, now, now it seems we're, we're finally uh, clicking. I, I think, and uh, we're, we're playing the play, playing the game the right way. And uh, you know what? There's there's little things we gotta fix, but if we gotta make sure we have that uh, compete level every game we go into uh, that we have lately. Well, speaking of compete level, Washington's in first place. You're four points behind. They're in town Friday, so that suddenly seems like a big game. Is it important where you guys finish? Or given your experience in the postseason, is it just important to get in the playoffs? Well, it's, it's huge getting in the playoffs. And I think the biggest thing during the regular season is the way you, way you play. You want to play the game the right way, have the good habits. Um, and when you when you if you get in the playoffs, you make sure your your game is at the level it needs to be and I, I think that that's the biggest thing i i think this season we maybe haven't been that worried about the results as much as the way we played in the beginning of the season and that that was the biggest thing we had to fix because we knew that the results are going to come if we start playing 
start playing the Penguins hockey we've uh, we've used to. Ole, you're a good man. You're an Aston Villa fan, but a good man. Uh, are you watching Spurs and United right now, by the way? I'll put it on right after. Oh, that's nonsense. You've been watching through the whole interview. I can <laughs> I, I can tell. Hey, thank you so <laughs> no, no, much, Ole, as always, for taking the time. Uh, you're a good guy, and I'll see you at the rink Friday. All right. Thanks, Mike. That's Ole Mata. He was watching the game. He can't fool me. I could tell because, like, when there was a good chance, he was hesitating in his answers. And that's okay because guess what? I was watching the game, too. Always a good kid. Uh, I, I get a kick out of him. And it's good to see him really return to full form this year. And, you know, he's not a guy to make excuses, but I'm pretty sure he didn't feel 100% for the last couple of years. And you know what? He still played good enough to take a regular shift on defense in the playoffs for a team that won two Stanley Cups. He's a good freaking player. He's going to be here a long time and only going to play better, unlike Aston Villa. Uh, I'm Mark Madden. We've got more hockey talk next time with Mike Rupp. You're listening to the Home of the Penguins, 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Yeah, Mark. What do you say, buddy? Hi, buddy. Hey, Mr. Madden. How you doing? What, up? what if they wore assless chaps? Would that help at all? If they what? The X at 105.9. Thanks to Ole Mata for joining me. Thanks to the Penguins PR crew, Jen and Jason, for arranging. More hockey talk with Mike Rupp next hour. Uh, when Ole talked about the Penguins not flipping the switch, I know what he said. I wonder what he thinks. I wonder what the whole team thinks. Because the Penguins were pretty rotten until the beginning of January. Then when they looked at the standings and saw what they saw, that they were in danger of not making the playoffs, looks to me like they flipped the switch and won 9 out of 12 games in January. And Ole made a real good point. That West Coast trip where they lost 2 out of 3, they did play very well in 2 of the 3 games. Really only had one bad period. Uh, They lost that game to Anaheim because they just had the one really atrocious period, but I don't think they're definitely in the playoffs yet. But second place, playing well, big game against Washington Friday. Yeah, the other teams have lots of games in hand on the Penguins, each of them two or three, but uh, it does feel and look like it's finally pointed in the right direction. Whether or not they admit it, it looks like they flipped the switch. No quarter. Brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at CWElectricalServices.com. Uh, before we talk about Juju Smith-Schuster and that photograph he took, that, that's on my webpage at the X website. And uh, there's a poll I got up on Twitter. If you haven't seen the picture yet, Juju took a picture with a kid wearing a Tom Brady jersey. When I say kid, I mean young adult. And he was giving the finger to the kid without the kid noticing because of the Patriots jersey. By the way, even if you think that's harmless fun, wonder what the Patriots think about that. It's ironic that it was a Patriots jersey because Bob Kravitz, who used to uh, write here in Pittsburgh for the press... The long gone press, not the funk. 
He writes for the Indy paper now. And there are four former Indy Colts on the Patriots. And he interviewed them about the difference between playing for New England after having played for Indy. And Dwayne Allen, who's a tight end, formerly with the Colts, now with the Patriots, said, quote, The thing about coming to this organization is to see it's built top to bottom with individuals who are very similar and that we're all all in to be successful. Either you're going to do that or you're not going to be here. I can see that, I can agree with that, and I can fall in line with that. Now here's the good part. Quote, it took a little while to get used to it. Definitely took a little while. There were some habits I picked up in Indianapolis that just don't fly here, unquote. And then he was asked to give some examples, and he said, quote, no examples. Just take my word for it. Once you learn the lay of the land and really embrace and enjoy being coached, it becomes enjoyable. I can't say it's easy, but it's worth it. You honestly get to the point where you enjoy the grind. It's about the culture, the culture, the culture. It's set. One of the most unique things about the culture is no matter what assistant coach you bring in, the culture's kind of mapped out. The coach could say, I want this, I want that, but the culture is enforced by the players in that locker room. You have to have the right guys in the right position with the right mindset to enforce that culture throughout the organization, unquote. In other words, ain't none of their players flip off a fan while taking a picture with them. Ain't none of their players provide constant distraction and chaos like Lev Bell did all season and a lot of other guys pitched in in that regard as well. And that's why I keep telling you, and you won't believe it, but I will be right because I always am. Professionalism wins. Focus and discipline wins. Culture wins. The Steelers have a culture of chaos. Ben Roethlisberger's won his last Super Bowl. It ain't his fault. He was part of a winning culture. He got two rings. But this current culture, this current group of players, I don't care how many All-Pros they have. I don't care how many Pro Bowlers they have. I don't care how many stars they have. This team the Steelers have assembled will never win. And a rookie posing for a picture while flipping the bird, that's not the be-all and end-all of what they lack culture-wise. But it certainly is a prime example. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. The Super Bowl is Sunday. And most people are about to party uh, and not the game. Unless you're a Pats fan or an Eagles fan. You're about the party. You're about the wings. You're about the dip. You're about the beer. You're about the supersized sub. And you probably got to bet that. The Super Bowl has a big handle. Everybody bets. I don't yet know where I'm watching the Super Bowl. Liverpool FC hosts Tottenham the same day earlier. That's of much more concern to me. I'm not in that block pool anymore I used to talk about for a thousand bucks a square. So I don't go to that party anymore with prime rib and gourmet pasta. I might just watch the game at home. Or maybe at the wheelhouse, the sports bar at the casino. I heard they're having a pretty good Super Bowl deal down there. Might go there. Some people just watch the Super Bowl for the commercials. The Super Bowl commercials have always been a big deal, but interest is off the hook now. I know people, seriously, 
that will watch the Super Bowl and not pay attention to the game, but pay attention when the commercials run. If you made me list the best Super Bowl snacks, I would say beer, number one. If that's a snack, I'd say beer, number one. Wings. Dip, and you got to have different kinds. Like traditional dip for chips, like French onion. Of course, buffalo chicken dip for tortilla chips. Salsa, queso. That stuff, that's pretty much my go-to in a game-watching situation. I would do a buffalo chicken-themed Super Bowl party. Wings, buffalo chicken dip, buffalo chicken pizza. Buffalo chicken pizza is one of those things that sounds like you're trying too hard. But it's delightful, yes. Uh, I'd figure out a way to have buffalo chicken tater tots, too. Uh, who has the best buffalo chicken pizza in town? D- don't call. Let's keep that to Twitter. At Mark X. Because I've never tried buffalo chicken pizza from, like, one of the legendary local outlets. I- I'm not sure Slice on Broadway. They're my go-to. I'm not sure if they even have buffalo chicken pizza. I've had buffalo chicken pizza at Italian Village Pizza at the McKnight Seabird Shopping Plaza, and it's real good. The party can be better than the game, but lately that's not been the case. Well, it depends on the party, but seven of the last ten Super Bowls have been decided by six points or less. The Super Bowl has been pretty super for the last decade. Okay, 30 seconds. We talk more about Juju. You might not like what I have to say, but that's convenient because I don't care that you don't like it. One of, oh, I got to give away this friggin'. When's this stop? When's this stop? At some point, it's going to stop because I'm going to stop it. Keyword. Text it. Win a $1,000 bribe. FFS. 1059EX.